take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. You know, we are recording here on site. On site, remote. Remotely, uh, just south of Breckenridge in Colorado. Yeah, getting ready for an adventure. We are getting ready for a big adventure. A four-day hike in the Holy Cross Wilderness. Yeah, to celebrate your birthday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it will be my birthday. And, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, it actually, we've already been on the hike, and it was my birthday. Right. So we kind of felt inspired to talk a little bit about taking risks. Mm-hmm. I think in our very first episode about, you know, three things you can do right now to improve your relationship, taking risks was one of them. It was specifically like do something new. Right. Right. That involved something that was adventurous and new, right? The newness and the adventurousness. Right. Yeah. But I think we're going to go a little bit further into the topic of taking risks. And, you know, this this topic kind of came about because I went and I visited my sister right before we left. And, you know, it's okay. She's not going to hear this podcast. So I think I'm good about (laughs) talking about it. But, you know, we started to talk a little bit about the trip that we're taking. And, you know, she was kind of blown away about what we were going to do, you know, that we were going to do a four-day hike out in the wilderness, backpacking everything that we're going to, all our survival gear. And, you know, she was right now through COVID and everything, she and her husband and her daughter, they've all been just kind of stuck in the house and doing everything virtually. And she was telling me that there's a friend of theirs that lives in Montana and that they have, you know, horses and an amazing place, you know, in Montana that they can go and visit and that one day maybe they'll do that. And her daughter rides horses. And her daughter does ride horses. And so I was kind of like, well, this is the perfect time, right? Because, you know, they're doing the remote learning for school. Their jobs are both remote. I said, you could just rent an Airbnb and you can work out of that Airbnb. As long as you have Wi-Fi, you're good. And then you can, you know, drive there and just really experience a different part of the country and and just kind of get out and, you know, and take a risk. What? Yeah. And take a risk. That's crazy. Take a risk to, you know, experience something new and, and to do something that you're not used to doing. And, you know, I think a lot of couples, they get really stuck in their routines. Mm-hmm. 
which is very normal to do, right? Because it's something that you know, it, it becomes very familiar. And to break out of that, it brings about a whole new like challenge that it becomes kind of scary. Yeah, because when you take a risk, it's very vulnerable. And if you're trying to take a risk with your partner and there's not an equal playing field, then if anything goes wrong, you're going to get blamed or you're going to blame your partner. And so it's really important that, and, and that's why I think it's such a bonding thing, is that you share equally in the risk, that you you both make that decision as individual people to be part of the risk. Yeah, like for example, we were driving into Colorado and you had looked up these sunflower fields right? that were going to be you know, somewhere around the, the airport. And so we took a little detour, right? And there was an area that said where the sunflowers were going to be blooming. And we were headed towards that, that area. And we had no idea. It was a risk. I mean, it took us maybe a half hour, 45 minutes, you know, outside of our uh, time frame to get where we wanted to go. Our 17 hour (laughs) drive, we were already doing and added another 30 minutes to it. Right. And so I think I remember you saying, if we get there and there's no sunflowers, are you going to be mad? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And how do you know? And along the way, we passed many fields of sunflowers. Right. And what'd you say when I asked you that question? I don't remember exactly, but the thought is like, how can you get mad? Well, you were starting to get a little frustrated and I know you pretty well by now. And I just made sure I was protected (laughs) (laughs) so that, you know, I wanted your buy-in because I didn't know either, you know, I'd looked this up and it said, go to this place and take these cool pictures. And they had these really cool pictures and it looked awesome. And you were getting a little frustrated because you're like, oh, it's really far. And, you know, the sunflowers are facing the wrong direction, stuff like that. And then when you bought in, I'm so absolutely thankful I did that. Mm-hmm. And we did stop and take a couple pictures before we got to the designated place that they were recommending. Which there were no sunflowers there. No sunflowers no. at all. <laughs> but, you know, it really kind of, you know, the question really put things in check. And it's it's kind of like, well, there's no way to know. You know, when you're taking a risk, there's no way to know that it's going to turn out the way you want it to. That's what makes it a risk. Right. And and <laughs> if it if you knew how it was going to turn out and you guys took the risk, it's not as risky. And, you know, I think that it's that risk of not knowing and it turning out great where you actually get the most rewards. Even if it doesn't work out great, you still bond and connect. I, I think it's kind of a win-win either way. The point is the risk, right? The point is the risk and whatever happens, it's a shared experience, right. whether it's good or bad. If it's good, that of course is amazing, right? Right. So yesterday we did a hike in the mountains. We're in about a 10,000 foot elevation and we park and we couldn't find the trailhead. Right. We, we yeah, <laughs> got a little lost. So we start hiking and you have your GPS. Right. And we're like, yeah, this isn't it. We knew it wasn't it, but we didn't exactly know where we were going. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important as, as a couple, as a team that you support who's ever going to take the risk. And so I just said to you, 
go with your gut, head in the direction you feel is the right way because you're the one that's been looking at the map. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to influence that. And I didn't want you to be disconnected from your intuition because I was making you mad or frustrated in some way. Or I was pressured because of you in, in whatever way. And especially in a survival situation, you have to remain calm and you have to think and you have to respond appropriately, right? And so I was making sure as we were moving through the uncharted place, you know, before we got to the trailhead, right. if we had to go back, could could we get back? And I was making little markers. So I knew that if you, for some reason, couldn't find the trail, I could get us back to the road that we left the road to get onto. Mm-hmm. That's a really important thing because when we get scared, we kind of want to blame the other person and we kind of want them to have the answers. And, you know, that's just human nature. The tendency is to try to take back control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let's say one of the partnership is, you know, leading you in a direction and you're getting lost for whatever reason, the other person is going to get frustrated and try to take back control. No, we should go this way now, right? And there's no guarantee that either one of you actually have the right answer or know what direction you're supposed to go in. It's just that fear that overtakes you and now it's you become adversaries and not partners and working on figuring out things together. I think there's also an interesting law of attraction that happens when you stop working as a team or when you don't buy into the same risk or choice that you're making, then for sure it messes up, right? I think absolutely for sure. And when you buy into it, I think more synchronicity happens and you end up finding your way because that sort of law of attraction and you're not manifesting your fear and your frustration, but you're going like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get this done and whatever happens, we did it together. And I think we even said that during the hike. We're like, whatever happens, at least we are walking out in the mountains. We're acclimating to this area so that when we go on our big hike in two days, we're already physically in a better place. Yeah, there was no destination in mind. It was really more like a pre-hike training, just getting used to the elevation you know, before our four-day hike. So that kind of helped because we didn't have an itinerary that we had to follow, right? And there was no time frame either. So it kind of helped release any pressure or manifested stress, you know, that we would be under. But that risk and joining in together on that risk, I could see why it would be very difficult for couples, especially if they don't know how to handle stressful events on their own. Which I think is why taking risk where the outcome is doesn't really matter is a really good idea to practice for when it really does matter. And so we kept quoting that one episode of Flash. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. The quote was awesome. Four steps to making a plan. Step one, make a plan. Make a plan. Step two, execute, execute the, plan. the plan. Step three, Expect the plan to fail. Every time. And step four, throw away the plan, <laughs> right? It, it's it's hilarious, but it, it's exactly true. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes me think about this four-day hike that we have coming up here. Now, we have a couple friends that are joining us, and they have never done anything like this before. Nope, they have brand new equipment they haven't even taken out of the box yet. And even if they've been on like walks and hikes it's been in flatland chicagoland area yeah so this is the first time they're ever going to be in elevation and you know that's a huge risk on their part to be able to do that 
and and also to trust us. Mm-hmm. Not not that trusting us is a big deal, right? There's <laughs> a problem, but you know, trusting that we're going to be able to you know show them you know the correct way and you know to hike the the safe way to hike. But that's a huge risk to do that. But you know, when we're talking about a plan, the plan has already failed here. Right. Yep. We already found a flaw in the plan. Yes. And so now, <laughs> you know, today after this podcast here, we are going to be kind of scrambling. Making a new plan. To make a new plan, you know, to make sure that, you know, we are going to be able to do this hike in in the most enjoyable way and the most safe way possible. You know, making a plan is so important. It is so important because it gets you acclimated to an unknown thing. And so in order to plan for using this hike as an example, we've watched videos of other people doing the hike. We mapped it out, all sorts of stuff, right? But when you get out there, ooh, it's very different. Yeah. You know, elevation is impossible to predict, like how you're going to feel walking up as opposed to flat. And you don't know what other obstacles are going to come. Maybe there's going to be weather problems or wind problems. Who knows what's going to happen? And so because you're planning, you have the most amount of information you can have so that you can adapt when you need to because for sure you're going to need to. Right. And that (laughs) word adapt is a really important one Mm -hmm. because when you take risks, you are going to run into challenges that you did not foresee. And so you're going to have to be able to be flexible. You're going to have to learn how to to adapt. So let's take this back to a very personal place with an everyday world couple, not necessarily crazy like us that runs out into the wilderness and stays out there for days on end. <laughs> but, you know, we had a client, a couple we were working with recently, and they had come in after one of them had an affair months ago. And they had separated and they kind of thought, let's give this a shot again. Let's see if we still have anything left to salvage. And so they hadn't actually touched each other since before the affair happened. And they're sitting in our office and we're teaching them about important skills you need to have that are relationship behaviors that they haven't been doing. And we asked them to reach across the couch and hold hands. In this way, we are talking about emotional risks, you know, not just the physical risks or risks of doing new things, but really being able to drop your guard and reach, in this case, reach across the couch and offer an open hand for your partner with the risk that they may reject you. The person that got hurt from their partner having an affair had one thing they had to break through to hold hands and the person that had the affair had something else to break through like that fear of rejection kind of thing. But the instantaneous thing we saw is the second there was touch, that affection, that physical connection, they both melted that tough veneer that they were holding on to because they were walking into a really scary thing with each other. For them, it was a lot easier for them to focus on the kids and to just focus on their co-parenting relationship, that was safe. They were good parents, and they still continue to be. But in regards to being lovers and partners, that was too risky for them. It was too risky to be emotionally vulnerable with each other. And so they just stayed in their safe place. 
the fact that we were the ones that made the decision that we asked them to hold hands. Neither one of them had to make that decision and, and take that risk on their own. Although certainly they, they could have said no. They could have said no, but that would have also kind of pointed to their blatant rejection. Right. And so why are they in the room? Exactly. Yeah. So we offered this uh, or created an environment that was safe enough for both of them to risk and as safe as possible. Well, yeah, it certainly wasn't going any farther than that. But, you know, this is something that couples face on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, how often do you get into arguments with your spouse? You get hurt. You get angry. Your defenses go up. You want to give them the silent treatment. You know, you want to indirectly, you know, punish them in a way. And how much would that take for you to drop that guard, to take the risk, the emotional risk of coming up to your partner and just asking for a hug, right? Or just holding their hand and looking into their eyes with the knowledge that they may reject you in that moment. For me, when you hurt me. <laughs> oh, I never do that. Yes, you do. Um, I have a battle inside of myself happening because we all have a different way that we respond to a threat. We can fight, we can run away, or we can freeze. What do I do? You run away. I run away. And that's been something I've been doing my whole life, and it's been a very excellent coping skill for most of my life. It just is the opposite when it comes to being in a relationship. And so that's the battle I have inside of myself is I have to... I have to choose. Do I stay walled up? Do I stay in anger? Do I stay in a place that feels unhealthy and yucky to me? Or do I drop those defenses and be vulnerable? And, you know, even if you would reject me, I think I would still win because I've decided myself, I don't want to carry this anger around. I don't want to carry this pain around anymore. And so I'm going to do something to release that whether it works for you or not, you know, it's a shift within myself first. I don't know how you experience, I'm sure I've never hurt you, but. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a tough cookie to break. So I don't know why I said that. It's, it's not true. <laughs> I, I'm kind of a softy. Um, it, you know, when you, you were talking about that shift happening internally, I think that's exactly what people have to overcome in order to drop that guard and to become vulnerable with their partner, you know, you have to shift that, that natural tendency to kind of wall up inside, you know, try to protect yourself, create these defenses so that you don't continue to get hurt. But I've said this to multiple clients, you know, in the past, and that is that there is no protection that you could provide yourself that is going to guarantee you're not going to be hurt. No, because you're already hurt. It's you're just what you're hurt. doing about it. No matter how much you try to wall yourself up, you're still going to continue to get hurt. You're walling yourself in with the pain. Right. That's it. Right. Uh, protection is is kind of a farce mm -hmm. when it comes to your primary partnership. Yeah. Your partner is going to hurt you no matter how much you try to protect yourself from it. So the goal isn't to learn how to be more callous or how to wall yourself up more with defenses, that's not the goal because obviously it doesn't work. 
But the goal is to be able to learn from that pain, to learn internally what is happening, first of all, you know, to learn where that pain originated and how to start to heal it. And then how to employ your partner as a person that can apply that salve to that wound and help you heal it also. You know, I woke up this morning with that word in my head, right? And I started asking about it. And I think it's really applicable here, even though it, it should be a, its own complete podcast. And that word is insecurity. And I was really thinking about what does in mean? And it can mean a part of something, or it can mean you don't have something. And as I'm looking at it, it was talking about security in terms of like your home, is your home secure? Is your business secure? Do you have points of vulnerability where you should protect yourself from? All too often in relationships, we think the person we're supposed to protect ourselves from is our partner instead of joining with our partner to protect the us. So if your partner is insecure, that's also your responsibility to help a secure feeling to happen. And when you do that, and, and you know, that's the thing, you can't force another person to make you secure. All you can do is offer to help someone else feel secure. Right. Did I say that right? I, yes. You can't make someone make you secure, but you can offer to make them feel more secure when you understand what makes them feel not safe. And so I think that's a really important thing when we're talking about risk. If the security is within the couple and the couple takes the risk, it actually solidifies more security within the couple. Oh, for sure. I, I think it definitely does. And and this is, again, just pointing towards a partnership in working together. When you talk about the hike that we're on, we work together as, as partners. And we have to because it's a, a survival situation. And so each of us have half the survival gear. And when we get to camp and making making camp, you know, we each take on different roles in order to get things in place so that we could get nourished and, and get warm and have our shelter up and, and all of that. And so this is not something that you are, you know, competing with your partner in. It is a true example of how to work together because the two of you working together makes you stronger. Yeah, actually, if you start to compete, it'll be like exponentially worse. You know, like one of the things you walk faster than I do. Mm -hmm. And when we're doing an uphill uh, battle, <laughs> an incline hike. Against the mountain. <laughs> and you get too far ahead of me, it actually makes me feel a lot worse. Instead of my own battle within myself of getting up this mountain, I'm feeling like you're leaving me behind and I can't catch up and I feel very weak. And when you walk behind me, then I'm, I know you're there. I know you're protecting me. And I know that I'm keeping my head in the game. I'm a little older than you. I'm a little weaker than you. So it's harder for me. And so for you to take off, that doesn't help me. That hurts me. And we talked about that. And then we have the opposite problem on the hike down. Right. On the hike down, you need to be in front because walking at my pace on the hike down actually becomes dangerous for you. It's actually physically painful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you might fall more or something like that. And so it's really interesting all of the lessons that you learn when you challenge yourself to do something that is in the unknown and risky, difficult, you know, and that really forges a bond. 
whether that risk be, as we've said, physically challenging or emotionally challenging. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it is risky all around to be in a committed relationship with someone. Yeah, there's really no reason to leave the comfort of your home with your climate control and your nice bed and all your comfy covers to put yourself out into the elements for four days to do a challenging thing like hike up a mountain and sleep on the ground and rough it, so to speak. There's no reason to do that. No. There's no, no point. To potentially have a threat of bears or mountain right. lions, <laughs> especially here in Colorado. But, you know, there's no reason to do it. But what you get back in return, especially doing it together as a couple, is something that I hope all couples are able to experience in their relationship. And I really think that's the difference between existing together and thriving. Really, really, really thriving where you have to put some faith and trust in your partner and in yourself because, you know, in the mountains, no one's taken a step for you or other risky behaviors. You could stay comfortable. I just don't think you're really living and thriving. I mean, why are we here if not to have experiences? Right. It's definitely not to just sit on your couch and watch Netflix. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank you so much for joining us today again on Couple Synergy, uh, especially out here in beautiful Colorado in the mountains here. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships and this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive, which, by the way, is now available to sign up and register for. If you go to couplessynergy.com, you will be able to click on the link for the weekend intensive. So excited. And sign up for 30 it. 30 lucky couples are gonna spend the weekend with us and we are so excited. We have so much cool things planned for that weekend to help you do this kind of stuff in the safest environment as possible, to get you out of your comfort zone and to really forge your bond with your partner. And the reason why we are limiting this to 30 couples is because we are following all of the guidelines for COVID, making sure that this is going to be a safe weekend for everyone. So go, go to couplesynergy.com. You'll be able to click on the link and be able to get more information about the weekend and to register for it. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. 